targeted militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm glad you've joined us on the program today. Coming up, uh, we're going to be spending some time with a, a gentleman named Darwin Belliard. I ran across Darwin uh, in a local news story from Louisville, Kentucky, where he lives. This was late last week, uh, and the story from WLKY focused on training that Darwin is doing in the community there, uh, specifically first aid training. And I thought it was fascinating that here's somebody who is a Second Amendment supporter, uh, but who is, you know, wanting to go beyond uh, just firearms training and wanting to give folks the ability to, uh, you know, help others in need, even if they don't own a firearm. Uh, if, if they see a shooting victim or they see somebody who is hurt, uh, he's trying to give them you know, the skill set and the mindset uh, to step up in those circumstances and to help folks out. So I wrote a piece at Bearing Arms over the weekend based on the WKY story, but that wasn't enough. I wanted to actually talk to Darwin myself, uh, reached out and uh, we were able to spend a couple of minutes together talking about how he actually decided to do this, um, what uh, the attitudes are like right now in Louisville when it comes to uh, firearms ownership and more importantly, uh, you know, what we can do to uh, to help out and get involved. Take a look and a listen to our conversation with Darwin Belliard. Darwin, thanks so much for coming to the program, sir. It's good talking to you. Yes, sir. Happy to be here. I, you know, and I got to say, uh, when I ran across your story uh, there in local media in Louisville, I was I was really impressed. Uh, I wrote something up over the weekend, but, I, you know, I, I actually wanted to have the chance to, to reach out to you and kind of explore what you're doing there in Louisville um, in a little more uh, in-depth uh, a manner than, than the, even the local media can do. So you are teaching Louisville residents what to do. I mean, first of all, let, let's just talk about the, the crime rate in Louisville. Um, I mean, there have been 112 homicides this year. Shootings, I know, are up uh, exponentially. Uh, and, and you want to try to do something to save lives. Absolutely. Um I grew up in the West End of Louisville my entire life, so, like, seeing violence, seeing crime, like, I'm no stranger to it. And uh, there's almost, like, two types of people I grow up in the West End, those that become a product of the inner city um, environments and those who want to change it. Well, And there's those that just simply move away without changing it. You know, there's there's about three aspects of it, and I knew since I was young, like, I didn't want to become a product of what, you know, inner city environments do. And know that I want to change it. So I try my best to do what I can to improve the community all in all. So so if you don't mind, I want to ask about that for a second, because, you know, obviously Louisville's crime problem is not Louisville's alone. We're seeing this uh, an increase in violent crime uh, in cities across the country. And as somebody who grew up, you say, in that in an area where you were not immune to seeing the effects of violence, I, I'm curious, I mean, was there a conscious choice on your part at, at, at some point to say, I'm not going to go down that road? And what did you do to ensure that, that you didn't go down the wrong path as you were growing up? Um, so I feel a big part of it were my parents uh, growing up in a two-parent household. Um, I didn't grow up with a lot, but I had great guidance. Um, my mother, she's black, and my father, he's from Dominican Republic, from Santo Domingo, so a very, very poor country. And we just grew up in the West End, and my mother, she would always say, like, just don't be like 
some of these people, you know, and by these people, she meant like uh, gang members, drug dealers, you know, things that you typically run into in an environment like this and in a community like that. Um, growing up, I would see all kinds of bad kids on the street, littering, smoking at the age of like 11 years old, uh, carrying guns and knives and stuff like that. And I just knew from such a young age, I didn't want to be a part of that. I always knew I was different. Growing up, I was like watching anime. I thought I was a ninja while everybody else was uh, uh, doing drugs and things of that nature. And uh, people always used to make fun of me because of the way I talk. People would never guess I'm from the western of Louisville because of my uh, my diction and enunciation of words. But uh, I don't know. People always like used to tease me about it, things like that. And I came to embrace it finally. Uh, I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of what I've become. Um, and I could thank a lot of that because my parents, I, I feel like having a two parent, uh, household and them giving you proper guidance is key, uh, in adolescence and growing up and it just having the balance of the, um, of the perspective of a man and a woman is very important to balance out somebody. Yeah, Absolutely. Now, am I correct? Did you join the military after high school? Yes, I did. And uh, paratrooper, correct? Yes. Um, I was in the U.S. Army for four years right out of uh, high school. I served from 2014 to 2018, so I'm going on three years. I've been a civilian, and uh, I was assigned to 173rd Airborne Brigade, 1st Battalion, uh, the 503rd. God bless you. Well, thank you so much for your service. And what kind of impact did that have on you? Were you were you were you a Second Amendment supporter at before you joined the military growing up, or, or was that something that came later in in your life? Um, I've always been a Second Amendment uh, supporter. Uh, I can't remember what exactly got me in the guns, but something just did. I remember being real little. I was on YouTube when YouTube first came out, and I saw a video of someone shooting an MP5, and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and then my mom caught me watching that. You would have thought Stop watching uh, stuff about guns. You know, I don't want you looking at that, you know, because my mother grew up in the West and then she saw what guns can do to people, you know, and she just didn't want me around that. So then finally growing up, um, my great grandfather who passed away many years before I was born, he had chest full of antique firearms and my mother would always say, don't touch it. Don't go anywhere near it. Don't even look at them, you know, cause my mother, she had somewhat of a fear of firearms. So she didn't have much of a respect nor a rapport for them. Mm -hmm. And then finally, I don't know how we did it, but we all kind of talked my mom into uh, going to the gun range, just taking out the guns, doing some homework on it. And then she finally built a respect and rapport for it. And then all in all, um, my entire family started kind of getting on board with the whole second amendment thing. I think I was the first one really into it, but yeah, we're, we're slowly growing into that culture. That's awesome, man. You've been changing uh, hearts and minds for uh, for for quite some time now. Uh, and and so so, what made you decide to get involved in in actually teaching? Not just because uh, you I, I, hang on. Let me back up here. You're doing a lot in your community. You are teaching folks how to be safe and responsible around firearms, right? Yes, sir. But you're also teaching what I think is a, a critical skill, and I. I I'm going to paraphrase uh, uh, what I saw you say, that if you know how to pull a trigger, you should know how to plug a hole, right? Absolutely. 
So, so what does that entail and what are you doing there in Louisville? So as far as my occupation, I can't get too much into it. Sure. Um, let's just say I'm in the business of protection, uh, a protective individual and under their, uh, collective, um, they wanted me to kind of, uh, teach others, you know, in the community about firearm safety and about medical training, you know, because it's extremely valuable. And for me, it was like kind of my way of giving back to the community, both growing up in the West End as well as, you know, I've had millions of dollars of tax paying money go towards my training. So why not give a little bit of that back to civilians so they can take and run with and save lives? I always told myself if I could save at least one life, I know at my job, my job is not done, but it's, I can feel complete, Yeah, you know, and the more I can save and the more testimonies I receive, the better I feel, you know, and it shows that this training is truly effective. So, so what does the training consist of? I mean, how many hours uh, is your course? Obviously, you're not teaching folks how to become licensed paramedics or EMTs. That's not the goal here. But, but, but what do folks learn when they, uh, when they go out and they, you know, get a lesson from you? So I train every Tuesday and then my first class is firearm safety and proficiency. Um, before I even go over, like, how to properly hold a pistol and things of that nature, I make people um, – fully disassemble a Glock. I had, um, I, I had, uh, people within my organization purchase, uh, lots of airsoft Glocks that are licensed by Glock. They take down the same exact way as a real one does. And I make them go over a fundamentals of safety. Like don't put your finger on trigger unless you intend to shoot. Do not point at anything unless you want to kill them and do not aim at the gun at anything you intend on destroying. And also every bullet has a lawyer attached to it. Once they have that understanding, um, I tell them do not flag anybody with that firearm. Every time somebody does, I mark a, I give them a tally mark on their hand with a permanent marker. And I said, every mark that's on your hand was you possibly killing somebody from you doing an unsafe act with a firearm. Mm-hmm. And then once they fully disassemble and reassemble, I take my real Glock with dummy rounds, show them how to chamber around, how to unchamber, how to make sure it's locked and clear, make sure you could check the chamber. And then after all of that, I finally teach them how to properly hold a pistol, um, proper stance, side alignment, things of that nature. And then now we're finally getting into a phase where I'm teaching them how like high doors for like home defense, or if you're coming home late at night, your back doors open, how to clear out that room, uh, what's cover, what's concealment, you know, things of that nature. Cause, uh, one of my hobbies is airsoft as well, which is just straight force on force training. If you truly look at it mm-hmm. and, uh, it's a very, very valuable asset and a different perspective than like just shooting at a piece of paper all day. There's only so much you can learn from that versus actually sticking the barrel in somebody's face and seeing how they react and flinch. So that kind of also goes into my gun training class. Okay. And then uh, that happens for about an hour to hour and a half. Um, of course, this is I do this every single week, and it's a progressive class, so they learn more and more as we go on. So you got and the same – do you have the same people coming back week after week then? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Okay. Um, some – Weeks I'll have two people. Some weeks I'll have ten. You know, it all really depends. Yeah. Um, and then, um, then I go into my medical training, which is normally the same crowd. And for medical training, I go over what I learned from T Triple C, which is Tactical Combat Casualty Care. 
Um, and we go over what's called the March assessment because uh, we found on the battlefield that 80% of hom- or 80% of deaths uh, happen from hemorrhaging. So if we could properly learn how to control bleeding, we can mitigate a lot of these deaths. So they came out with the March assessment, which is massive hemorrhaging, airway management, respiratory circulation, and head trauma slash hypothermia. And sometimes people will put E at the end for everything else slash evacuation. So I go over that with people. Um, I mainly harp on uh, massive hemorrhaging, the M portion, because uh, a lot of people aren't going to have the have an IFAC or most of the equipment to go through a full march assessment. Mm-hmm. So I show people how like apply a tourniquet, how to apply a combat gauze or any other type of hemostatic agent, how properly wrap. And then we finally get to A with the donated medical supplies. Um, I show them how to utilize like a nasal pharyngeal airway, what a head tilt chin lift is, uh, when to use a jaw thrust. And then I show them how to apply like occlusive dressing, needle D, um, I, I go a little bit in depth with uh, what I learned from the military and kind of uh, modify, like, I kind of take out the tactical sense of what I've learned from military and try my best to apply it to the civilian world on what a street medic could possibly do or an everyday citizen carrying, like, a tourniquet in their car could do for someone. I got to say, man, I, I'm just, I'm so impressed by what you're doing here. Uh, and you're doing this uh, each and every week. Um, it, 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 you know, how are you getting the word out, uh, that, that, that you're putting on these, uh, these courses? Um, at first I would have, uh, members within the organization who I work with, um, kind of put that stuff out. But lately my client was like, no, you need to start going out and advocating for us yourself and you need to come up with your own fundraising and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, I didn't want to do that. I just want <laughs> I just want someone else to bring me people to train. I train them. They handle everything else. You know, I just I got a lot on my plate already, but uh I'm learning. So now I'm finally gonna start uh getting my name out more on like social media. I hate my name being out there, you know. So uh I'm gonna try my best to get my name out on social media and um make like posters or flyers you know possibly handed out at like local universities um we even have members canvassing and things of that nature just to get the word out for a community got it well listen i, I you know i i appreciate you talking to me because i know that you're not doing this to become an influencer you're not doing this to you know get a million followers on uh, facebook or instagram uh you're doing this because you care about the community um and and i really appreciate you you're sharing your experience with us. If, if folks want to help, I mean, if they want to, you know, offer you support, donations, funds for, you know, uh, training supplies, or, or if they want more information, um, how, how can they get in touch with you? Um, for the time being, the best way would be via email or my Instagram or Facebook. Okay. Uh, my email is darwin.belliard1 at gmail.com. And my Instagram is Katana underscore Savage. And okay. I, I came up with the Instagram name because when I was stationed in Europe, uh, I would tell people I'm a traveling SoundCloud rapper, so I didn't have to tell them I was in the military. <laughs> so I just kind of stuck with that name. They had to believe me, you know, they're like, well, else would a, would a darky be in Eastern Europe? But anyways, uh, yeah, those are the best ways to currently get in contact with me. Uh, if you guys would love to give donations, testimonies, anything like that, I would absolutely love to hear from you. I'll answer any email and any question you guys will have for me. Well, listen, I want to stay in touch uh, and, and check back in with you in a couple of months if that's okay. Because again, I'm I'm 
I'm, I'm really impressed, but I'm also very grateful for what you're doing, Darwin. Uh, and I appreciate it very much. Uh, I know that gun owners around the country do as well. Um, you know, you, it seems to me like you're dealing in the real world. We've got, you know, a, a lot of gun control activists say, well, if we just, you know, could ban the guns. Well, that's not going to happen. You know, we live in a nation with 100 million gun owners, 400 million firearms and the right to keep and bear them. So, you know, whether you like the Second Amendment or not, um, we live yeah, in a country with nowhere. a lot of firearms. Exactly. And they're not going anywhere. So, you know, it used to be like you've got a, a very realistic goal here of let's ensure that, you know, if there are shooting victims, if there are victims of violent crime, that the rest of us can step up uh, and, and, and make sure that uh, those folks are protected and taken care of if possible. Absolutely. Um, before I start every gun class, I tell them, like, look, guys, we are a gun culture. You know, whether you like it or not, America is a gun culture. We have so many guns, it's impossible to get rid of them all. And at first, my organization wanted to hand out, like, gun locks and stuff like that. And I was like, the number one piece of safety for firearms is knowledge. It is it is knowledge. It, it doesn't matter, like, how many gun locks or safes that you have. If you have no knowledge about that firearm, report nor respect, you're not going to get anywhere. And negligent discharges and uh, mass shootings are going to continue to happen. Absolutely. Have you seen I'm, – I'm curious. I know we're running out of time here, but uh... – have you seen a change in attitudes towards the Second Amendment since, uh, let's say, the, the riots uh, after uh, uh, Breonna Taylor's death uh, last year and, and all of the unrest that we saw and all of the uh, increase in violence? Has that changed people's mind? Have that made uh, Louisville residents, you think, either more interested in gun control or more interested in protecting themselves with a firearm? Um, so that one's a bit of a slippery slope because uh, right before that entire incident happened, um, Kentucky passed a, a constitu- constitutional carry law. Mm-hmm. So everyone just like took a gun, stuck it in their pants and thought they were John Wick with a stick, you know, after they, after they passed that bill. So it's kind of hard to say. But I will say uh, currently in the black community, um, there's been quite the rise in uh, people want seeking to get proper training and especially from black women i was extremely humble that a lot of my friends are black female would reach out to me like hey darwin i really want to learn about guns the proper way can you please teach me and i want to say black women are some of the smallest minority groups within the second amendment community and it was just extremely humbling um for me to hear that from them and i was like I, i'll absolutely love to anybody that comes to me with good intention why not learn about firearms i will teach them so i will say within the black community um the second amendment culture is starting to become more positive because from my understanding in the past black people kind of felt that guns was kind of like a white people thing mm-hmm. and over time, they're starting to realize it's an American thing. You know, this is for all Americans. We can all uphold the Second Amendment and our right to bear arms. And people are finally starting to um, take it up in a respectful manner rather than like gang banging and homicides, things of that nature. People actually want to learn, get properly licensed, actually carry a holster, things of that nature. So I think it's spraying a bit more positivity in Louisville. Yeah, I, I will listen. I hope so. I mean, this is a right of the people, uh, of all the people. And, uh, and I think that the more, um, small d democratic our Second Amendment is in terms of who's exercising that right to keep and bear arms, I think the better off we all are. And, and yeah, this opens up a whole other topic for maybe another segment. But, uh, you know, I, it's my belief that one of the issues that has compounded violent crime in let's say the west end of louisville is that there's been a a a 
an attitude from on high that guns are bad and guns are taboo and let's just keep people away from guns. And I don't think that that works. Again, as you talk about, guns are here. I think part of what we can do to reduce violent crime and you know, neighborhoods and communities that traditionally have had high crime rates is to inculcate a culture of lawful, responsible gun ownership. And it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing. Absolutely. Um, my mother being one of those people at first, right. that I thought that guns were just bad, you know, and then now I carry a gun for a living. Um, it's just it's just building that respect and rapport and just taking all politics out the window of, Hey, this is an American thing and this Mm -hmm. is our right. And let's all learn together and get through this together and being a more positive gun culture. Absolutely. Darwin Belliard, man, real pleasure talking to you today. Thank you so much for joining us on the program. Hope we get a chance to catch up again soon. Oh, of course, Cam. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate Darwin joining us on the program. And uh, yes, we will definitely have an update. Uh, here in a, a couple of months, we'll check back in and uh, talk again with uh, Darwin Belliard. All right, let's turn our attention now to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, our recidivist report. We'll start there with a uh, case out of uh, Georgia. Father in Decatur, father and son robbery team gets 24 months probation. Now, I thought maybe, okay, maybe this was, you know, something you got, uh, I don't know, somebody who's, you know, maybe robbed a, a, a lawnmower or something like that, right? Just stole something minor, maybe. No, that's not it at all. Uh, Andy McCulley Jr., the father in a Decatur father and son robbery duo, left a homeless man in fear of his life after accosting and beating him with a brick. Yeah. McCulley Jr. sentenced to 24 months probation in the Macon County Circuit Court after pleading guilty to committing an aggravated battery while using a deadly weapon. He was sentenced to 120 days in jail with credit for 94 days already served. Uh, but the sentence is a not day-for-day eligible. 24 months probation for beating a homeless man with a brick? Are you kidding me? Sorry, I had to edit myself there for a second. Uh, this was last Friday. He accepted a plea deal negotiated by uh, his att- defense attorney as part of the deal. Macon County Circuit Judge, presiding judge uh, Thomas Griffith, then dismissed further charges of armed robbery and mob action. McCulley's son, by the way, 19-year-old Andy McCulley III, appeared in court back in May, pleaded guilty to the same offense, and received the exact same sentence as his 41-year-old father. So a homeless man beaten with a brick, father and son get probation. As a result, sworn affidavits from the Decatur police said that the McCulley's had pounced on their 31-year-old victim on the morning of April the 20th as he was walking down the street. They demanded whatever the victim had, and when he told them he didn't have anything, they shot pepper spray in his face, began kicking and punching him. Police said McCulley III held the victim while his father hit him with a brick. Quoting the victim, who was left bleeding from the nose and mouth, police officer Riddick Braden said he stated if it wasn't for bystanders intervening, he believes the McCulley's would have killed him. Robbers then fled with the only thing the homeless man had in his possession, a prescription bottle holding 14 pills of Suboxone, a medicine for treating opioid addiction. I'm I'm, honestly, I do this segment every day. I'm at a loss for words on this one. I don't understand. You had eyewitnesses. You had physical evidence. What the hell? Why offer both of these individuals a plea bargain that results in probation? This is the justice system. And justice was not done here. Now, Today's Armed Citizen story, 
from Evansville, Indiana, not too far away from Louisville, actually. Man shot entering home, exchanging fire with gun owner in the third shooting this week in uh, Evansville, Indiana. According to the Courier Press, one person in the hospital after reportedly entering a home and exchanging gunfire with the homeowner, this was on Saturday afternoon, uh, police spokeswoman uh, Sergeant Anna Gray said an armed man went into a home. The homeowner and the man reportedly fired their guns at each other. The man who entered the house was shot. Call came into police around uh, 2.20 p.m. on Saturday. Injured man taken to the hospital for treatment. He is expected to survive. Police don't know yet if or how the two knew each other. No arrests have been made as of uh, Saturday evening, but uh, this would appear to be a uh, clear-cut case of self-defense there in uh, Evansville, Indiana. And finally today, our uh, good deed of the day from East Point, Michigan, where a a man is being hailed as a hero for uh, helping a crash victim in uh, East Point, Michigan, after helping a crash victim earlier this year. Stedman Stems has a habit, apparently, of being in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. And that's a good habit to have. He uh, said, I was outside talking to a customer and I heard screeching. He said, I looked down. It was a motorcyclist. I guess he was avoiding a car because she stopped unexpectedly in front of him. Motorcyclist, uh, you know, ended up basically planting uh, on the uh, street uh, uh, across from where uh, Sims works. He said, I saw he hit the curb. He flew up two or three times in the air before he hit the pole. So the motorcyclist pretty badly injured. He had a, a broken leg. Stedman Sims and another man rushed over to the scene, working with us to get uh, his leg stabilized until help arrived. Uh, Roland, uh, who also assisted Stedman Stem, said, uh, my first reaction was just to dart across the street, tie his leg up. His bone was hanging out his leg. It was blood gushing, and he came up next. We tied it off, waited for the ambulance. Stedman Sims says he you know, doesn't really care about being interviewed by the local news, but uh, he said he is very pleased that he is able uh, to help folks out. He says, anytime I see someone in trouble, I just want to lend a helping hand. So uh, the motorcyclist, as it turns out, is going to be okay. Stedman Sims, meanwhile, on the lookout so that uh, he can be of uh, assistance if needed in the uh, future. And Stedman Sims there in East Point, Michigan. Again, we thank you, sir, for your very, very good deed. That is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. Unfortunately, I know. We've got to uh, be away for the weekend. And as a matter of fact, uh, I should let you know now. You know, generally we do the show Monday through Thursday. Might have to shift a little bit next week. Uh, I'll be off next Monday. This weekend is uh, it's my wife and I's anniversary. It's a birthday. I'm much more excited about the anniversary than the birthday. So I'm going to be off on Monday, but uh, we will be back with more Second news and information right here on Bearing Arms, Cam and Company next Tuesday. And who knows, maybe you'll even get a rare Friday show next week as a result of me taking Monday off. Not guaranteeing anything, but uh, I'm leaning that way. Uh, In the meantime, don't forget, you can check out BearingArms.com for the latest Second Amendment news and information all day every day, even when we don't do a Bearing Arms Cam and Company. And if you like what you see, you can become a VIP subscriber. All you got to do is go to BearingArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNS. You'll get 25% off of your membership. You'll get exclusive analysis, commentary, news stories, but you'll also be supporting programs like this. So you get to hear from people like Darwin Belliard uh, doing what he can to make a difference there in his own community. Have a great rest of your week, a fantastic weekend. Until we talk again, be well. Be safe and be free.